What's going on guys? Welcome back to the show. Today we have a solo episode. We are talking about a question. Do you really need to take a break from your deficit every eight to 12 weeks? And that's a question I get kind of all the time, whether it's from clients who are curious about our use of diet breaks or other coaches interested in my philosophy or just whether or not that that's something that they need to be having their clients do. This is a question I get a lot and it actually is a bit of a Pandora's box, depending on how many of a, how many rabbit holes we want to go down today. It's a Pandora's box of different assumptions about metabolism and then also just practically speaking what we want to do with our clients. And so, yeah, it being a bit of a Pandora's box, we'll go through some of those assumptions. I'll try not to get lost overly in the weeds. Um, some of these discussions around metabolic adaptation, stuff like reverse dieting, like they're intertwined, intimately intertwined in this discussion of whether or not you need to actually be taking breaks along the way in your deficit. But here is the deal. You do not need to take breaks in a deficit ever. There's no physiological reason that you need to take a break in your deficit. Now, I will get to practically what I think we should do as far as coaches or people who are trying to go through a deficit, whether or not breaks have a place. But there is a, it's very clear. There's no physiological advantage to taking breaks. There's no physio, there's no lasting physiological benefit. So where did this assumption come from? We'll talk about the whole physiology side of things, the whole practical, the whole psychological, and we'll get there in a second. But where did this recommendation come from? It's pretty simple. If you've been in a tangible, a noticeable sized deficit for eight to 12 weeks, chances are you don't feel very good. Chances are if you've been in a noticeable size deficit for eight to 12 weeks, you've lost a significant amount of body fat. You've undergone some metabolic adaptations, which are totally normal, and you don't feel amazing. I mean, if, you've, if you're losing at a rate of a half percent to 1% of your body weight per week, we're looking at four to 6% of your body weight over this four would be, let's say, whatever, eight to eight to four to 12 percent of your body weight, right? Yeah, four to 12 percent of your body weight. That is significant, especially on the upper end of that. And usually what happens is that you don't feel very good after losing that much weight after this much time. And the idea is, oh, well, you'll, well, we'll talk about what the idea is, but, but practically speaking, it's like, hey, you don't feel very good right now. You know what would feel good? Eating more. And then you can go back to the deficit later if you so choose and I'm not saying that practically speaking, that is a terrible thing to do. We're going to talk about the difference between what's physiologically happening and what might be practically beneficial for the individual. And so th this idea of taking a break every eight to 12 weeks is because, you know, you, it, after this amount of time, if you've been in significant deficit, presumably you don't feel very good and presumably you'd benefit from a break. Is it? So are you making presumptions? Yeah, you're making presumptions or assumptions? Because I wrote you're making a few assumptions, but wouldn't it be you're making a few presumptions? Anyway, if you are someone who believes that you must take a break every eight to 12 weeks because of some sort of metabolism or such, you're making a couple of assumptions that I think we should address. The, the first assumption that you're making when you say you need to take a break after eight to 12 weeks is that taking a break and when I say taking a break, I'm eating at maintenance, taking a break from the deficit, right? Taking a break from your deficit calories at maintenance calories. The assumption that you're making is spending some time at maintenance, taking a break from your deficit, provi provides a lasting physiological benefit that will carry over when you go back into your deficit. And so the, the assumption or presumption is that when you go out of your deficit to maintenance calories, you are undoing the adaptations that happened when you ate less. 
And when you go back to your deficit, it will make that process or that time period easier, right? You will carry forth with you that feel good, those adaptate, the positive adaptations from eating more, you will carry them into your next deficit. Um, and that is just not true. And it's not not true because, uh, you know, I, I, I want it to be not true or because I, you know, that's my experience with clients. We're talking about hard data here. We have hard data because the the one that people really try and hang their hat on is is leptin. And leptin is your satiety hormone. And when people... Um, when, when people go from the deficit to eating more calories, we see an increase in leptin. And that's a good thing because it means you're feeling generally more satiated. The problem is we've extrapolated that to say, hey, when people eat more, their leptin goes up, they feel more satiated, they feel better. Right? Thyroid goes up, whatever other things you want to say. The problem is when you go back to a deficit, all of that stuff goes back to where it was prior to eating more. Like all of the all of the good stuff that happens from eating more in terms of how you feel and all the physiological processes that are going on under the hood, they all only exist for the time in which you're eating more. And it's, it's actually not that complicated. When you're eating less, your body adapts very quickly to that. When you're eating more, it reverses some of those adaptations in a more positive direction. And when you go, and then you go back to eating less and guess what? You, you go back to the adaptations that you had prior to eating more. And there isn't really a way that you can hack this. There isn't really a way that a couple weeks of eating more means that all of a sudden when you go back to your deficit calories, you're going to feel just dandy and amazing again. No, you're going to go back to feeling the way you did when you were eating less. Um, and so at the end of the day, you feel better while you eat more, right? Adaptations to lower calories happen almost immediately when you go back to eating less. Um, and, and we know this from many, many research studies. I'll put, uh, you know, a couple of studies in the in the show notes if you want to look at this, how quickly adaptations happen again. You know, people want to look at stuff like the Matador study where people had more success with diet breaks, but that is a very flawed study we've covered on the, not very flawed, but flawed enough that it is not really reinforcing diet breaks. I will post Jackson Pios' study on this that basically puts the nail in the coffin of there being some physiological benefit to diet breaks. But here's the truth. Here's the truth. Diet breaks can provide a psychological benefit. And what, what matters is not physiological or psychological. What matters is what's going to be good for you and your clients. What's actually going to help people lose weight and keep it off. That's what we care about. I don't care about whether it's a physiological benefit or a psychological benefit or whatever. I care about people succeeding with getting themselves to a healthy place and being able to maintain that. And if diet breaks are helpful for that, then they're helpful for that, right? Um, whether it's physiological or practical, but there is no physiological metabolic lasting benefit of a diet break. You diet break because listen closely, you take a diet break, right? You take a break from your deficit because it feels good. You take a diet break because psychologically, well, you know, it might be beneficial for you to take this really large goal that you have. Maybe it's losing 50 pounds and breaking it up and compartmentalizing your efforts into more digestible chunks. Taking up a large goal and breaking it up into smaller chunks might practically make you do better over the course of time. It's not because physiologically you're going to have a higher metabolism or you're going to, you're going to, uh, you know, carry all these metabolic benefits from the diet break into the deficit. That's not really how it works. But psychologically, as humans, taking a huge goal and breaking it up into smaller, more digestible chunks in some slash most cases will improve uh, the overall outcome, the overall consistency, the overall enjoyment level of that time period, taking breaks, right? And so what you need to ask yourself is, am I somebody who's going to 
benefit psychologically from doing that? And the truth is, the answer isn't always yes. And so we'll cover that towards the end when I talk about my practical recommendations for taking diet breaks or maintenance phases or whatever it is, taking breaks, intermittent dieting, taking breaks throughout a deficit period. We'll get to that at the end. But the truth is, I see the merit in a psychological break for those who themselves see the benefit of a psychological break. This is not an inherent good. This is not a must do. This is a tool. I fucking hate that terminology, but a tool in the toolbox, you know, right? This is something you can do if you feel like breaking up the deficit into smaller chunks is more beneficial. But I'll say now and I'll say at the end, I've had uh, tens if not hundreds of clients throughout the, the last decade do deficits for 20 plus straight weeks, just straight without taking a big break, maybe a maintenance day here or there. And we'll talk about that. But yeah, no, they didn't run into some metabolic wall or they didn't, you know, again, I don't want to beat the, the reverse dieting horse, but this idea that metabolic adaptations are something that you can navigate around, that you can hack in some way by intermittently eating more. It's just not a thing. It's just not a thing. No amount of eating more for any period of time will change how your body adapts to that same scenario in the future. You can't fix something that was never broken. And if you adapted to X calories, no amount of eating more is going to change that you will adapt to them again, at, you know, all else being equal. So anyway, the first assumption, right, was that taking a break at maintenance has a lasting physiological benefit. And that is just not true. It has a physiological benefit, improved leptin, improved thyroid, improved, improved mood, improved energy, improved satiety, improved sleep, improved performance, libido, everything is good for the time in which you're eating more. That's it. That doesn't mean that there isn't a psychological benefit for many people in certain circumstances and contexts. There can be a net benefit in terms of psychology, in terms of breaking up a larger goal into smaller, more digestible chunks that you will ultimately do better with, right? Because you're like, hey, I can, I see the light at the end of the tunnel and then I'm gonna take a two week break. Oh, I'm gonna do this for eight weeks, then we're gonna take two weeks off. I'm gonna do this for four weeks, I'm gonna do one week off. And when you do it that way, you might be able to put forth better effort for those four to eight weeks because you know that there's a break coming on the back end. It might improve optimism. It might improve, you know, feelings of confidence. It might improve resilience because you know that there's a break on the other end, not because there's some metabolic benefit. Now, the second assumption that we make is one that you might call me pedantic for, but I think it's very, very important. The second assumption or presumption uh, is that time, time is somehow a relevant variable. It's somehow a relevant independent variable here. Right? We're talking about, do you need to take a break from your deficit every eight to 12 weeks? So all we're talking about there is after a certain amount of time, do you need to take a break? What if you've been you know, in a deficit slash trying to lose weight for the last 12 weeks? You know, you've been in a, you've been in a fat loss, I have to call it a fat loss mindset for the last 12 weeks, because what I'm about to say is, you've been in a deficit for the last 12 weeks, but you've only lost one pound, right? And normally I don't like saying only lost one pound because I think that that sort of terminology just reinforces some weird expectations about fat loss and we should be pretty proud about the fat loss that we do make and not say shit like, oh, I only lost this or I only did that, uh, when in most cases being more positive about things is, is gonna lead to a better outcome. But in this case, I think it's pretty fair. You're in a deficit for 12 weeks, you can say that you only lost one pound. I mean, that is incredibly small amount of weight loss for the amount of time that you were, quote, in a deficit. And so does this person who's been air quote in a deficit for 12 weeks, but only lost one pound, do they need to take a break? Is their metabolism damaged? Is their metabolism suppressed? I mean, 
Man, you lost one pound over 12 weeks. If we, one pound, let's say it was all fat, that's 3,500 calories over 12 weeks. It's like a 40 calorie deficit over the last 12 weeks, right? 40 times 400, 40 times 40, whatever. The, my point is this person has not really been in a deficit. So even if, even if there was some metabolic benefit, you know, from taking a deficit or taking a diet break, this person hasn't really been in a deficit. And so whatever metabolic damage you think they've gone under, they, they, they haven't really gone under any, right? They've only been, they've only lost one pound over 12 weeks. And my point is that's, you're missing, you're missing, first of all, you're missing the entire point because there is no physiological benefit to diet breaks. But the assumption is that time is somehow an inherent, like what if you've been in a deficit for three weeks, but you've lost 12 pounds or 12 weeks and you've lost three pounds. Like which person needs a break more? The person who has been in a huge deficit for less time or basically a very small deficit for a long time. You know, I'm not saying time is irrelevant, but I'm saying it's it's just, it is this assumption. Oh, you gotta take a break after eight to 12 weeks, but you're not even asking me how much weight I've lost or how I feel. You're assuming that after a certain period of time, I now need to take a break, like based on what? Um, you know, again, and if your assumption is, well, after that long, your metabolism has damage and blah, 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 you're already going down uh, a route that doesn't exist, which is healing metabolism that isn't broken, that there's a lasting physiological benefit that there is not. Um, and so, yeah, the, the, that, that assumption kills me because it, it makes people feel like, you know, again, here, here's what you should be doing, right? I, I'll get to that. I'm getting ahead of myself. Let's take this person who's been in deficit for 12 weeks, lost one pound. Do they need a break? A fucking course not. Physiologically speaking, they don't need a break because physiologically they never needed a break. But I'm still making this point because people who, who won't believe me that there's no physiological benefit. Okay, still, dude, if there is a physiological benefit, this person clearly doesn't need it because they've been in a deficit for 12 weeks. They've only lost one pound. They probably haven't been in a deficit at all this whole time. That's basically maintenance. Um, now, to be helpful and to be a little bit more holistic with this sort of podcast to kind of touch on what I really believe here and make sure it's helpful and not just ranting about the fact that people are talking nonsense about this metabolism stuff is that this person, just to be clear, if you, if you have a client or you are a person who's like, Hey, I've been in a deficit for 12 weeks and I've only lost one pound, right? If this is you, or you have a client who says, or is in this sort of a circumstance, the irony is I might recommend taking a break. Now, you're not actually taking a break from a deficit because this person hasn't actually been in a deficit. You are taking a break from the pursuit of fat loss, the fat loss mindset. And I'll be very clear, this person has not been adhering to the plan. So when I say take a break, what I mean is take a break to see if the plan is actually something that they want to adhere to or if they need help, you know, getting systems in place to adhere to the plan. They don't need a break from the plan. They have not been doing the plan. So they need a break from continuing to try and hammer the plan when it's clearly not something they can adhere to. And so if I have a client who after eight weeks in deficit is down one pound, and, and when I say, hey, we should take a break, I mean, we should take a break from trying to lose weight, regroup, have some chats about, you know, whatever things that you might've been falling short on in terms of the plan, see if the plan itself need, needs adjusting or see if your actions need adjusting. And so the irony is like, yeah, this person who's been in deficit for 12 weeks and only lost one pound, I do think they should take a break, but not from their deficit calories because they haven't really been in a deficit, but a break from trying to lose weight so that we can regroup, replan, see where things are falling short, see where maybe, 
you know, uh, we set the expectations too high or, you know, there is room on your slash the client end to make some adjustments or you and, and your coach can, you know, help build some systems to help fix where you guys were falling short. But the irony is, yeah, I actually do think this person needs a break. It's just not a break from the deficit because they weren't in deficit. They need a break from trying to lose weight. And I think psychologically that can be really helpful. Yeah. Here's the deal. Let's have a more, a more uh, constructive talk about diet breaks here. Um, the truth is, you, you're in your deficit until the juice isn't worth the squeeze. That's it. Someone's like, how long should you deficit? Until it's not worth it. Until what you have to do to keep losing weight isn't something you want to do. Period. That's it. There is no like time. Like There is no, like, oh, until you've lost 10% of your body weight, then you need to take a break. Like Even those recommendations are just, uh, are just about assumptions about how you'll feel at that stage. And so some people say, hey, if you lost 10% of your body weight, you should probably take a break. But they're saying that because you probably don't feel very good. If you've lost 10% of your body weight over the last X amount of cumulative weeks, and you still feel good, and, and you're like, hey, no, I, I'm, I have good momentum, I'm losing weight, I'd like to keep losing weight, like, why do I need to stop? You don't, you don't need to stop. And so again, it is down to how you feel. Is the juice worth the squeeze, right? Taking breaks is not gonna boost your metabolism or let you cut on higher calories or break through a plateau. It's not, it's gonna give you a chance to regroup and see what you wanna do. If you're eating 1500 calories, getting 8,000 steps and you're not losing weight for the last month, there's nothing you can do to change the fact that if you return to that exact scenario, you will still not lose weight. It's not like, oh, I'm not losing weight at 1500 calories and 8,000 steps. Let me take a break at maintenance for four weeks and then change nothing else, but go back to 1500 calories and 8,000 steps, and now it's gonna be a deficit. That is, will never happen outside of somebody improving adherence, and they weren't doing what they are now doing. Um, again, taking breaks can be nice because it helps break up a larger bowl into small, smaller, more digestible chunks, which can improve adherence, consistency, optimism, enjoyment, you know, it can improve those things, it can. but. On the other flip side, you'll have clients that are doing great. They're six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 weeks in, and the juice is still worth the squeeze. And it's like, hey, do you want to take a break for two weeks? And they're like, well, well what benefit is that? Is that going to have? Well, you know, if you really don't feel good and, and you feel like you're on the brink of, of saying fuck it and, and binging and going back to old habits, why don't we just take a pit stop at maintenance, maintain the fat loss that you've, that you've lost, maintain this physique, maintain where you're at. Um, feel better for a bit, and, and that's when we can decide what to do. There's no metabolic hack, there's no physiological lasting benefit, there is only a psychological regrouping. And, I, and it sounds like I'm minimizing the benefit of that, I'm not, I, I'm not minimizing the benefit. I, we do that all the time with clients. Um, but this isn't a, oh, after this much time, you need to take a break because metabolically something needs fixing. That's not the case. You need to be dealing with the individual in front of you. If it's you, if we're talking to a coach here, okay, your clients. If you're talking to just a person doing it this on their own, you need to think about how you feel, right? If you're, if things are going along fine and you still feel like it's worth it, and I don't want to say like you, it still feels fine because I want to make the assumption that this is all a trade-off between discomfort and results. Being in deficit isn't super fun. You're always rationalizing the uh, this ROI of like, okay, what am I getting for the amount of discomfort I'm I'm enduring? Um, and so, yeah, I think that that's just like, you just that, that, that's something that I find to be a thread in the industry all the time is that we need to be dealing with the person in front of us, right? No more making broad assumptions about exactly how this is supposed to go. Now, I don't mind having a loose plan and we'll get there. Um, and truthfully, 
this goes back to this goes back to like dealing with the individual in front of you. Like there are so many assumptions that after 10, oh, I lost 10% of my body weight. You got to take a break because you probably feel like crap. Some people might. Some people might feel fine. Some people might feel like crap after 3% body weight, after they've lost 3% of their body weight. Because how somebody feels has way more to do with their genetics, their starting body weight, their body fat percentage, lean mass, uh, the relative size of the deficit, what their lifestyle factors are like, right? What's their nutrition quality? What's their sleep, their stress management? Do they get outside during the day? Like, you know, there's so many variables that are going to go into how somebody feels. And, and how long they've been in a deficit or how much weight they've lost doesn't, doesn't really tell me whether or not we should take a break. It's about something that I need to communicate with that person or you yourself need to communicate with yourself of like, is the juice still worth the squeeze? And if it's not still worth, worth the squeeze and you're like, you know what? I don't really want to be in a deficit anymore. Don't go to maintenance hoping that there's going to be some metabolic hack. Go because you no longer want to do the thing that is going to cause weight loss, right? And so, okay. Let's let's stop the word vomit. I think everybody understands what that means. Um, we'll take a quick sip of water. We'll talk about what do I suggest normally. How does this kind of go with some of the clients? I think that breaks can be great. I know we just went on a rant. Physiologically speaking, there's no benefit. Uh, this is mostly a psychological thing. This is mostly a practical thing. But psychologically and practically, sounds pretty pretty damn good to me. I think checking in with yourself periodically, every week or so. You know, how's the data going? Am I losing weight? How's my biofeedback? How do I feel? Am I happy? with the ratio of those two things. Am I happy with the ROI of my effort right now? Is a great idea. You should be checking in with yourself. And that's it. Not checking in with yourself based on, oh, once I hit that 12 week mark, you know, I'm definitely gonna feel like shit because that's what I read online and, and you know, setting yourself up with those expectations that I have to take a break. You don't, you don't. I'm not thinking, oh, she's on week seven, man. Any minute now, any minute now, that metabolic adaptation, you know, boogeyman's gonna come out and she's gonna feel like crap and we gotta take a break. No, I'm, I'm saying, hey, you know, Susan, how are you feeling? You lost a pound, you've been losing weight. Do you still feel okay? How's biofeedback? Does this still feel worth it to you? Um, those are the conversations I'm having. And I'm not having them because it's been seven weeks. I'm not having them because it's been 15 weeks. I'm having them because periodically we should always have them. You know, I cracked myself up because I was talking to a client who was like talking about bulking and wanting to know how you should bulk. Here is bulking, cut, bulking and cutting in one sentence. Maybe it's two sentences. Bulk slowly until you feel fat and uncomfortable. Cut at a rate that matches your personal preference until you feel like it's not worth it anymore. That's it, that's bulking and cutting. And I, I'm sorry to be crude, uh, a little bit crass there, but like that's bulking and cutting. And it's a little tongue in cheek, sure, but that's bulking and cutting. You bulk slowly, because that's best for um, the ratio of muscle to fat that you build to bulk slowly. So bulk slowly until you don't like it anymore. And then cut at whatever kind of rate that works best for you, conservative, moderate, or aggressive can all work fine. but cut until it's not worth it anymore. Like you're literally just bulking until it's not worth it anymore, cutting until it's not worth it anymore. And there is no really perfect playbook to do this. And there are general frameworks, you know, some elements of best practices like bulking slowly is probably a good idea, you know, like um, not letting yourself get to a body fat level that negatively impacts health, which will, which will probably never happen because you're gonna be uncomfortable before that happens. It's obviously possible physiologically speaking, but most people get to a point where they're uncomfortable before they're unhealthy. Um, and then guess what? You cut. You cut until it's not worth it anymore. And breaks can be a good way to help you maintain adherence and optimism and consistency, but but not for a metabolic hack. Um, and and truthfully, like sometimes life life throws you a shitstorm of social events or vacations or you're going through a stressful period at work or with life or, or anything. And you don't love the ROI right now. Right, but you're not sure that you want to kind of unravel the deficit to maintenance for the very, very long term. But you kind of know, hey, for the next two weeks, it's gonna be really tough, 
And instead of trying really hard to stick to my deficit and maybe binging because I say fuck it, because I feel bad, because I feel like I'm overly restricting during these tough periods, or just because it wouldn't be fun to do that, you go to maintenance and you take a little bit of a break. Maybe it's the holidays, right? And it's like December 4th right now at time of recording. And yeah, I'm not saying all of my clients are at maintenance right now, but a lot of them have been like, hey, I'm in a deficit, um, but the next four weeks are kind of going to be riddled with some higher calorie days. What if we attempt to be at maintenance during this period? Yeah, I think that that's a reasonable uh, 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 rationale of why you might want to do that. Not everyone needs to do that. And sometimes doing that just means eating your normal deficit calories 80% of the time and having 20% of the time be that holiday party, that Christmas party. And sometimes that is how it plays out where it's like, yeah, we're actually not going to change strategy so much. We're just going to allow those higher calorie days to present themselves, um, which which kind of work well. Um the truth is I'm more reactive. And I, and, and what I mean by this is I will not prompt my client with, hey, you should take a diet break. There's, there is no reason for me to ever say that unless we're having a, a conversation and, you know, somebody's not feeling great and they're like not sure if they want to keep going or they've been in a plateau for a couple of weeks. Again, the, the diet break is not to break that plateau, rather to take a step back, check back in with adherence, maybe psychologically get to a place to build up some momentum and then go back to the deficit, not hoping to magically feel better when you do though. Um, and truthfully, I've had many clients died for 20 plus weeks with amazing success, taking breaks when life throws it to them or when they, you know, and it's funny because taking breaks, people are like, oh, it's gotta be 10 consecutive days and it's gotta be primarily refeeding from carbohydrates. And it's like, yeah, but what about taking the odd maintenance day? You know, you'd, you'd be surprised how often uh, just having a client or a person take a day at maintenance can really make the entirety of the fat loss process a whole lot more enjoyable. You know, fat loss is most annoying on your daughter's birthday. It's most annoying on Christmas Eve. It's most annoying on Thanksgiving. What if those three days were, and I'm, I, you know, people are like, holidays are only six days. Like, okay, I know it's, it's sometimes it's more, you have more holiday parties and, and you have food laying around 24 seven, whatever. But like, what if you just took a maintenance day, a maintenance weekend, when life threw you a real curveball in which eating a bit more would be a little bit nicer? I bet you the entirety of your deficit would be more enjoyable. Now, what I just said has nothing to do with healing metabolic adaptation or any of that. It's about setting yourself up for success. It's, it's again, it's so funny because everyone knows that calorie cycling, it's, I'm not, I'm going to go on a rant. I'm sorry. I love you. A little rant here. Calorie cycling. Most of you listening to this know what calorie cycling is. It's the idea that you can eat a little bit more on some days and a little bit less on other days. And as long as the average overtime works, you'll make the same amount of progress. What we're talking about right now, taking diet breaks, is the same thing as calorie cycling, just on a longer time scale. While some people might say, hey, I want to eat consistent calories every day. I don't really want a calorie cycle. Other people are going to say, you know, I want to intermittently eat more. It's, it's, it's a very similar principle, just on a longer time scale. Nobody is calorie cycling for a physiological benefit. People used to think that carb cycling had a benefit. It doesn't. Um, it's just about, hey, what distribution of calories is going to match my life in a way that I can be the most successful? And it's the same with diet breaks. Does taking a diet break improve my overall adherence to the plan, my, my overall chance at success? Uh, and for a lot of people, it will, but not in a way that it needs to be strictly enforced or, or you know, um, um, first, you know, you have to pitch people some crazy metabolic benefit. Like a lot of times my clients are in rhythm. They're like, yeah, things are going well. Like, do I have to take a break? No, of course not. Um, yeah, you never have to take a break. Anyway. Okay. What's the conclusion? Jordan, let's wrap it up. So do you need to take a break every 12, eight to 12 weeks? Nope. But if you've lost a significant amount of weight and you don't feel great, 
and you're not really sure if you want to unravel and go to maintenance for the very long term, uh, maybe you can take a step back, regroup while you feel better, while you're eating more, and decide what you want to do. That's what the that's what the deficit is for. Is regrouping, you know, maybe making a decision about what you want to do or leaning into a period, whether it's a vacation or a social event that is more likely to be more fun with more food, and then going back to your deficit and saying, hey, that's a strategy that for me will allow me to have a greater chance at success over the long term. Uh, there are no lasting benefits, but sometimes compartmentalizing your efforts into smaller, more digestible chunks can be helpful. Um, in, in other and, 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 you know, um, and in other circumstances, if it messes with your momentum, if you're like, I don't need to take a break, like the juice is still worth the squeeze and the train's moving in the right direction, like you don't need to keep, you don't need to take a break. You can keep going. So I'll end it right there. Um, you know, I hate the term, the art. I, you know, some things I hate is like when people think of like nutrition coaching and they give it these like really, these terminal, this terminology, these phrases that makes it sound way more serious than it is like in the trenches or um, what was the one I was going to say? Um, uh, in the trenches is one that absolutely kills me. It's as if, you know, it's just like being in an actual trench in trench warfare is like the most serious, scary thing ever. And like what we do is just a joke compared to that. But um yeah. What was the other one I was going to say? Not in the trenches, but like, um, the, oh, the, the art of coaching. It's like, I cringe so hard when people say the art of coaching or, but it is a thing. I know what they mean and it's soft skills. It's dealing with people on an individual basis. It's, it's different horses for courses, you know, strokes for folks. It's different ways of communicating. It's, finding what's best for the individual. And I'm on board with all of that. And that's what diet breaks, that's what diet breaks are there for. They're there for you to help your client be the most successful practically. It's not a met metabolic hack. It's not a physiological hack, but it's a tool that's there for you if you feel like utilizing it. And it doesn't need to be utilized in a two week span or three weeks or four weeks, or you gotta be in a deficit for half the amount, you gotta be at maintenance for half the time you were in a deficit. This all kind of just made up stuff based on maybe what will happen to you after a certain bunch of circumstances that yeah are are too generalized um we make too many assumptions about how people are going to feel and we need to talk more to people about how things are going because that's how we're going to get the best results because yeah if there was a physiological benefit that after you lost 10% of your body weight you were able to like recoup those metabolic adaptations and you know you had 2 weeks of extended leptin production and you felt way better oh i promise you i'd be the first one pitching it but it just isn't the case all right i'll stop rambling i'll see you guys in the next episode thanks for tuning in to this episode of where optimal meets practical if you liked the episode, it would mean the world to me if you posted a screenshot to your social media or left a five-star review on iTunes. That stuff really helps. If you ever want to get in touch with me, just shoot me a DM on Instagram, at Jordan Lips Fitness. I'm always around to chat. Thanks, guys. Have a good one.